Welcome back to BFR Radio. Thanks for joining in. Today's episode is Your Questions Answered, and I've really been enjoying this. So if you have a burning question about BFR and how you're going to use it in your own setting or scenario, get a hold of me and we'll set up a call on the internet and I'll be able to actually tailor this to exactly what you need and hopefully demystify everything about BFR and put a real practical spin on it. If you are looking for BFR cuffs, you can actually get it from my website, which is sportsrehab.com.au. And I have tons of content on my Instagram, which is at Chris Cavillio, and also on my YouTube channel, which is Sport Rehab Oz, alongside this podcast. Today's episode is a gentleman called Declan, and he plays for the Bond University Premier Rugby team based on the Gold Coast. Now, he's actually got a lot going on, and he had BFR recommended to him by a couple of colleagues of mine, one Nikolai Morris and also Glenn Corcoran. Shout out to them. Hi, how's it going? So thanks for pushing Declan on to asking these questions. Now, two things he's going on. One is his shoulder. He's had major surgery on his right shoulder, and he's about three months post, and he's having struggling a little bit with some range of movement. And the second thing is that he has got a Haglund's deformity in his ankle on both legs and he's shortly going to go into surgery and where, as you will find out in my conversation with Declan, that he really struggles to to move, to do anything that's dynamic. So really, I'm sure he's looking forward to that surgery. I'm going to go into it. Um, Declan's going to join me on board. I hope you get tons out of this and um, see you on the other side. Yeah, so just run through what's going on with your body and then just ask the questions and away we go. Okay, cool. All right. I had broke my shoulder uh, playing rugby in the end of October and then went in for a surgery. I put a couple of fractures in my ball and socket joint in my shoulder and then a big one through my scap as well. I got three screws in that joint to pull it all together. And then I was in a sling for six weeks, not moving at all, and then got out of that sling. And the process has just been trying to get mobility back in it now. Uh, it was super tight. I've had no range of motion after being um, immobilized for six weeks. Um, now it's not too bad. I'm two weeks from my three-month scan, and the surgeon says that after that three-month scan, as long as everything's good, I should be back to full uh, range of motion and full use of my shoulder again. So at the moment, all I'm trying to do is get some strength back in it. Once I've got that three-month scan, got the all clear, I'll just trying to get the strength back in it which is why i got these blood flow restriction cuffs to um, try and help with the just sort of catching my right side up which is the side i had the operation on up to my left side so i can sort of get back to normal and then after i had my surgery on my right shoulder i found out i went for some scans because i've had some ankle injuries for the sort of a niggle for the last couple of years i got to a point this season where i was struggling to run and then even struggling to walk after playing games and training so i went to get scans done on that just after i had my shoulder surgery and it turns out i've got Haglund's deformity in both ankles which is when my bone is sort of growing abnormally and it's sort of cutting into my achilles tendons on both sides so i've got to go for surgery on both of them as well which is going to leave me in moon boots i believe and not weight bearing for a few weeks so I was hoping to find out how I can use these blood flow restrictions to try and maintain as much strength in my legs as I can while I'm uh, 
non-weight bearing. So that's why I got in touch with you, hoping to find out a little bit about both the upper body and lower body training with these. Yeah, definitely. When do you go in for your surgery on your ankle? So I heard from the surgeon's sort of office at the beginning of January, and they said they're still waiting on a confirmation of date, which should be done by sort of early March. So within sort of the next, I think that's about six weeks from now. Okay. And what are you currently doing for your lower body training? And then we'll talk about your upper body training, probably as two separate pieces perhaps. Yeah. Okay, cool. So for my lower body, I'm just doing a lot of leg press, hack squats, curls and extensions, and then just a lot of lunges and step ups and stuff, just holding dumbbells. I haven't got the range in my shoulder to be able to put a barbell on my back. So basically doing everything I can at the moment, just through machines and dumbbells without being able to throw a barbell on my back. And before Christmas, I was doing some low reps, just trying to get heavy weights. Uh, but then since Christmas, I had like a week off or so. And then I lowered the weight and put the reps up just to sort of change it up a little bit. What can't you do with your lower body stuff? Because of the Hagler's deformity, I can't do anything dynamic. So I can't run, I can't jump. Uh, skip hop all that sort of stuff so I, I can put as much load through as i want but i just can't do any dynamic sort of stuff does it affect you doing any calf work it does but i've always struggled i've always had skinny calves so i've sort of taken this opportunity without being able to do any upper body work i've been doing a lot of leg stuff including calf raises it a- aggravates it but i've sort of just taken the perspective of damage is already done i'm going into surgery so i've been doing a lot of calf raises as well with all my leg workouts. And is it in certain ranges that it hurts your calves or is it just like full range, doesn't really matter where it is? Yeah, pretty much full range. Just whenever I'm using it really, it gets irritated very easily. It just sort of swells up and inflamed. Yeah, that's always an issue. And and is that just body weight or using loaded calf work? Uh, loaded, I, I sit on the leg press because after my shoulder surgery, I wasn't sort of able to put that weight on my shoulders on those standing calf raise machines and the seated calf raise machine really aggravated it too much. So I load up the leg press and just do um, weighted ones on that. Yeah. Okay. So the advantage of obviously using cuffs now at this stage is that you can decrease the loading on all your calf work. You could still stick them on your thigh. And as of now, find what calf work you can do in what ranges that don't aggravate it. So we can actually just go to body weight And the advantage there is in between your sets, you could be doing a set of squats, a set of leg press. And instead of going really heavy on the the leg press, you could do a calf isometric hold, find the angle that doesn't really hurt that. And then you can then look at doing calf raises, just standing there, slight lean forward and just find the range that doesn't affect it. Because I find the good thing with the BFR cuffs is that you don't need huge range of movement so with your ankle, your calf raises in a, a pain-free uh, range of motion. Yeah, yeah. Knees are a really good example. Typically when you have knee problems, it's that full band that you have issues with. You can actually get a really good VMO pump just using really small ranges of movement as well. So there's okay. a re- really cool advantage of just putting them on your thighs and you could actually do your leg press with them on and build up some really good re- resilience and some strength at a slightly lower load and then stand up or, or any exercise that you're currently doing, in fact, and just use them as a nice superset. So if it's a bent knee calf raise, which is affecting it, I'd probably say just do stuff in standing. You just stand yeah. there, hands against the wall, 
And you might start with double leg, try get out a set of 15 to 20. If that's pretty easy, yep. you might move to one leg, but that might just over aggravate it. Uh, so, because typically when you're doing a calf raise, it's usually body weight plus external load, unless of course you're doing the leg press and that's whatever load you've got on. So th there's that option as something to do. You could do all your strength work with them on now and actually start getting used to the feeling of what the cuffs feel like. So normally what I get people to do is you calculate your training pressure. Once you calculate your pressure, I typically say the first week that you start using the cuffs, you start at 20 mils of mercury below it. So let's just say you calculate it and it comes back at 170 mils of mercury because it's a new training stimulus and you want your body to get used to this new training stress. So you start at 150 for the first week of training and being a well-trained athlete, you'd cope with it pretty well. And then the second week would be 160 and then third week you'd build up to 170. So by the time you've got your operation, you're really comfortable with that feeling of compression on your thigh. Yeah, and then, we, okay. then we can do lots of really cool stuff post-operatively about probably about four days after your operation. So at the moment, let's just say we start at 150, you do all your training with it. And then I'd pick one exercise. If you're doing low load BFR, high repetitions, if you look at literature, they say a continuous pressure. So keep it on for the whole time. But the very first time you do it, you do one or two sets, release the pressure, and then reinflate it, do the next third and fourth set. And all you're just doing is you're going, oh, that's what it feels like. Second session, you get a little bit more adventurous. Second week, we go up a little bit more. Third week, we go up a little bit more again. Because although we calculate a pressure, you still need to know that you respond well the next day, as opposed to going, I've gone too high on my first session. I've got a little bit of extra soreness where the cuffs were or whatever exercise that you were doing. So you get a really nice, good response the first time that you use it and then you slowly build it up. So I would pick one or two exercises that you are happy to trial it with, like a leg press, a squat, deadlift, lunge, step up, Bulgarian squat, and then trial a little bit of calf work with it on because you don't have to go really high loads now, but keep the rep, if you're yep. doing body weight, keep the reps nice and high. So you're hopefully building some massive amount of resilience and, and strength and hopefully some hypertrophy as well there without aggravating where the Haglund's deformity is. I'm assuming you're doing some cardio work, maybe on the bike, good time to use that as well. You can actually do some low intensity sessions and even high intensity sessions with it on. I do find from personal experience that the pressure is lower again. It's pretty darn tough to do stationary aerobic work, especially high intensity with it on. So what I would do, I did a huge massive block of this type of training with another athlete. So I put it at, for me, 140 mils of mercury. So I put it a lot lower. I'm usually at 180 when I train with my thighs. I put it down to 140. And you can actually do like 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. I would keep a minimum of a one-to-one -one ratio. It's too hard to do anything less. So like 20 on, 10 off, you just haven't got enough recovery time. Around that 20 seconds yeah. is quite good. So you can do that, you know, warm up for a couple of minutes, steady state. I'd actually probably start on like 100 to 120 mils of mercury and then release it, go for a bit of a walk. And then you do your cycling with the cuffs on. So you might want to keep some good general aerobic fitness. You could do low RPMs of say around 90 to 100 at a comfortable 
tension and just cycle for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And there's some really nice evidence around low intensity BFR aerobic work and improvements in strength, hypertrophy, but also VO2 max, which you want to be maintaining some level of fitness. So the bike's going to be your friend, even post-surgery as well. And then when you start post-surgery, reintroducing all your bike work, you'd start nice, low intensity. Once you're out of the moon boots, you're talking with your physio and your strength coach, you know, rowing machine, elliptical trainer. Once you're actually able to weight bear before you start running and before you start jogging, I used to do with a lot of knees and ankles, you used to do walking programs. So you'd just go for a walk on the treadmill. You could put the cuffs on for that. And then also then reintroducing into some of your running drills. Yeah, I could obviously um, start using that leading up to the operation. And then the other one that I was going to ask about is post-operation. I'm assuming when I'm non-weight-bearing in the moon boots, I won't be able to obviously do the leg press lunges and all those sort of uh, exercises. I'm just wondering, I'll maybe be able to do uh, leg extension curls or something like that, maybe with a variant, maybe with a band or something as opposed to on a machine. Is that something you've had experience with in the past? Yeah, definitely. So immediately post-operative, there might be a period where they don't want you to do anything. Around that four-day mark, unless you're on blood thinners or there's something gone on untoward with your surgery, you can actually start looking at using it passively. So they call this ischemic preconditioning or it's just use of it passively. So inflating it for three minutes on and then deflating it for another three minutes. But what I do is I go three minutes on, one minute off, three minutes on, one minute off. And that's actually been shown to attenuate the loss in muscle size and strength. So if you do nothing, you're gonna lose a lot of size and strength. And, and you and I know that, and everyone knows that. If you yeah. use it, you don't lose it as much. So you have that first few days after the operation where you want to make sure pretty much all the swelling's gone and that yep. you've got nothing negative that's happened from the operation. And then usually around that after that four days, unless the surgeon mentions something, you can then start looking at doing that kind of protocol twice daily. And there's been lots of yeah, okay. really cool evidence. From there, you can then sit with them on your legs and then do some VMO squeezes. So terminal knee, knee extension is the fancy word and then lifting your legs up. And then from that, the cool thing is, is because you're at home, you just sit up onto the edge of the couch and, and you just do leg extensions, just as exactly as you said, because you have, if, even if you have the moon boot on, that's going to be external load. Yeah. If you're on the ground or on your knees, you could do a sideline clam. A big fella like you in a normal scenario would get nothing out of a banded clam but it's kind of like, how are you going to work your glutes? So get yourself a booty band, maybe. Uh, <laughs> hop on all fours, do some donkey kicks. So yep. there's actually yeah, some really yeah. cool evidence around high glute activation with that as an exercise. So you could actually be on the ground and have the cuffs on and have a little session where it might be like, say, 10 sit-ups. Hop on your side with the booty band. You do your side line clams, other side, 10, 15 reps burning out. Then you take the band off, then on all fours. And then you might do some donkey kicks each leg. If you had the moon boot on, that would be the external added resistance that I reckon all you need. And you, you just build this really simple session that you do whilst lying on your side with the bottom leg. You could lift that up. Adductor raises, so you're doing some work for the adductor. So you're thinking about how am I maintaining the integrity of my hip 
And the good thing is with low, low BFR, you can do this twice daily as well. Why? Why you're sitting on the couch watching TV. Yeah. And then on top of that, you can then start to say, well, where can I do a little bit of extra work just to fill in some time? You can then actually then put them on your upper body and then you can maintain the integrity of your upper body during that period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Because then that's that next step because I'm close to getting the full range back in my arm, in my shoulder. Then that next step is how to use them to get everything up to scratch, get my right side up to up to my left side. Yeah, so you're clear with your lower body? Yeah, I think so. My big concern was, you touched on it, was just post-operation, how long afterwards is it safe to use them? It's more about the post-surgery swelling. You want to make sure that the majority of the swelling has decreased at that stage. Yeah, okay. Talk to your surgeon about any kind of potential swelling issues that you may have. And then typically what I would do is they usually give you that nice little sheet that the physio will say, right, for the first X number of days, you do nothing. You just rest and have your feet elevated. You follow that. And then once you start in your activity, you actually just add the cuff to that. Because what they're doing is obviously just getting everything moving and active. But you, yeah. what you're doing is rather using mechanical or external load, you're using internal metabolic stress, which puts no stress on the structures. It can help with the pathways in related to increased protein synthesis. So you're like, how are you going to maintain or how are you going to build muscle? You're actually able to activate these pathways and you're creating an anabolic environment for growth, which is really hard to do, which is why we lift heavy weights is because we need that anabolic environment that we want to create internally. So you can do that with the cuffs. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So with the upper body, what exercises are you currently doing at the moment? I've just started doing some bench press on a Smith machine. It's guided just because I'm not confident that if I do it with a bar that I won't drop it on myself at the moment. So I've pretty much almost got full range of my shoulder, like lifting my hand right above my head. But it sort of just locks up at that point before I can get it straight. But apart from that, I'm doing a lot of cable flies, more so band flies. Still very weak, trying to like doing lateral raises and stuff like that. Just very weak, trying to get that up to horizontal. I can do bicep curls and tricep extensions, not as strong as my good side, but it's getting there. That doesn't sort of stress the shoulder too much. My back, all my pull movements are um, almost up to scratch. The strengths come back nice in my back. It's just the chest and my delts, obviously like directly around the area that was operated on is still lagging behind significantly. Yep. Okay. So to start with getting the feeling that the joint feels nice and that you want to move it, I've created a really simple movement routine with the cuff. So another really good way of using the cuff for the very first time in each session, I do a, a movement prep, like all good warm-ups. So let's just say we calculate your arms and it comes in at 140 mils of mercury. Once again, the first time we use it would want to be around 120. But what we would do is we'd say, okay, we want to prepare all the vasculature in your arm for this upcoming pressure. So rather than jumping straight into 140, we want to do a warm-up. So we go 120 mils of mercury, and then we do some movements, and I'll explain that in a second, and then deflate it, inflate it to 130. You do your movements, deflate it 140. 
This comes from the world of katsu, which is the Japanese version of BFL. So what I do is simple movements that get our arms going. So I've actually got it on my Instagram and my YouTube. So I'll somehow find a way of linking you there. But all I do is just really simple circles. So I do wrist circles one way and then the other, and then do elbow circles one way and then the other. And then I do straight arm one way and then the other. And then I do like shoulder shrugs. Where I think you would have really nice advantages is some movement as simple as within your own pain-free range, like some arm raises, some alternate front raises as well, and then deflate it. There's a lot of evidence around decreasing joint and tendon pain, but just getting improvement in muscle activation and blood flow into the area. Really great example is Origin Camp. One of the players after a game, he can't even lift his shoulders up over his head, just restricted. We just picked two exercises that, that he found effective and it was a reverse fly with a band and a row, really nice high repetitions. And then body weight just went through some ranges of movement that he struggles with. Within two sets, he was actually able to come overhead, had improvement range of movement. I was like, oh, that's pain-free. feels really good. So firstly, you're getting rid of that pain. It's feeling nicer your joint is. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be better than trying to pound away doing your rotator cuff. Then from this stage, you essentially look at the program you're doing, you stick the cuff on, and away you go. The perfect thing is with that is is we can drop the load a little bit. We can keep the reps nice and high. You get that feeling of activation, support, warmth as well. It just feels really good. So when you're doing like your rows, for example, you can you can feel that musculature that you probably is feeling that's lagging behind from your good side. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you can actually do a little bit more work. So drop the load, really focus on form, setting your shoulders really nicely, and you're just repping out and you'll actually find that it feels nice through the movement. And I would suggest that you would actually start enjoying lifting again because you just haven't got that clunky joint there that's a good description yeah <laughs> yeah touch wood my shoulders are good but some, there's sometimes <laughs> when i go to lift my shoulders don't feel great so i'll actually use it in my warm-up before i bench press and yeah okay. then when i get to my real heavy loads i'll take them off and i just like all of a sudden oh that joint pain's gone it just feels great so there's not a lot of magic that you have to do with exercise selection but I think little warm-up routines or movement routines that you find effective through ranges decrease it and that you're not, not forcing it. And that's probably the thing is people go like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to force that range. It's like, no, no, just work the range, but work it actively okay. in the different planes, decrease it, and you'll find a little routine. And typically one that works well when you're using a band is like band pull apart into a band row or a T's and Y's and all that sort of jazz that just really gets that back feeling full and active. And then the shoulder feels nice and warm. You can do your rotator cuff work with it as well. And then you don't have to force that range. You know, people try and get the heavier band or a little bit more load. It's like, no, you can just get a nice light band and work the range you've got whilst you're working on continually getting your full range of movement with your physio. So you still want to be working on getting your range. And then because you're now got a little bit more, you can actually start strengthening that range, which as you know, would be really important. It's all good and well having this beautiful range now, but if you haven't got that strength in that range, 
that's another area of potential worry as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Then there was one more question. So obviously my right side is the one that's um, lagging behind if I need to catch up. Would you recommend just using the cuff on the right side or is there a benefit of doing it on both? I think you'd like it nicer on both sides, especially if you're doing like dumbbell flies, lat raises, bench press. It'll just even everything out when you're doing the movement. If you're just doing rotator cuff work only, single arm stuff, I'd say, yeah, just stick it on that side. But if you're doing a lot of double arm work, I'd probably put it on both. And then all of a sudden, I think your right side will feel like it's a bit more even to your left. As opposed to your like, yeah, like okay. it's you know your left will feel like it could go all day, whereas your right's clunking, it's struggling, it's yeah, yeah. It'll just even that feeling out, and it'll probably actually bring your left side back a little bit, so it feels like you're a bit more even. You still want sort of getting some more out of it. I think so. You're able to slow the yeah. movement down, really like concentrate on. You can start doing like some slow tempo work as well which is quite nice for muscle okay. development. The other exercise which I thought about, which is a nice progression uh, on the bench press, because I love my bench press, is actually a reverse band bench is quite nice. So, you, so if you have pins at the top or you're in a squat rack, you'll have the bands which will come down. So when you have the weight at the top, it'll be say 100 kilos. At the bottom, it'll be 60 kilos. Because that's usually the yeah, okay. point. So you could use like a little rolled up towel, but how do you get that range of movement where at the bottom it's like, oh, I just, I can't, I can handle a hundred kilos at the top. You could be like, you know, you could be doing floor bench, like really heavy or, or top presses or board presses really heavy, but it's that bottom. So that's another potential, not now, but a progression in a little bit where you could, yeah, you know, so you're going back to normal bench press. You could do your warm up sets at, 40 50 60 kilos no problems and then you say oh i just wanted my last couple of sets just want to push a little bit more it it may not be relevant but you know if you you might actually say well i'm a little bit unsure 70 kilos or 80 kilos at the bottom you could just put some bands on so even those thinner lifting bands just to take a little bit off of the bottom so that's that's just something if you're looking for variety or looking for a safety net as well yeah yeah, that's cool. So after you have your operation, you set up your little routine. You're sitting down watching TV. You have in that initial phase where you can't do much on your lower body, put your upper body cuffs on and you get some bands or some light dumbbells, pull parts, face pulls, lat raises, curl and presses while you're sitting down in a chair or sitting anywhere really. And then you do your passive BFR on your lower body. And then once you can start well, you could probably start doing leg extensions not long after because you're not doing anything through your ankles. So all of a sudden you're filling your day up with twice lower body and then you're, you're doing... Yeah, just a lot of movement. Yeah, and you're just doing upper body. And what you're doing is you're creating this continual anabolic healing environment for your muscles to repair. Once you start getting into the gym, for example, you'll be just using the basic machine weights, leg extension, leg curls. I don't know if you've got like one of those seated adductor machines. And then you hobble on over and do your upper body bare fast stuff. You don't have to worry about using heavy loads for a period of time and you can come out of this feeling good about yourself. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, everyone's dream, I think. Feel good about themselves. <laughs> oh, that's great. I think that's all bases covered. Yeah, 
thanks for uh, filling me in on all that. That's okay. I think it's try to demystify something which we potentially think might be a little bit complex, I think is key here. You don't have to do anything magical with the exercises that you do, but I, I reckon like a movement routine for your upper body, working through some real simple basic movements and then working through some inner ranges in your shoulder and then do that three sets will be beneficial. So let's just say several months down the track, you're out of your boot, you're walking around, you're still a little bit stiff in your ankle and you're able to do your calf raises. And another example at, at Origin, I'm not trying to name drop, but <laughs> uh, one of the players ha has a lot of Achilles issues, gets up in the morning, walks like an old man. So yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So, so, so what he did is this is, like, this is how simple it was. Cuffs were on. He'd walk around for 30 seconds. I'd just get him to do 10 little squats. The magic was in, he would do five calf raises and then isometric single leg hold for five seconds each leg, go for a little walk and just repeat that. So all he was doing was moving through the range which affected him. And then within three sets, he took it off and went, that feels good again. Pain went. He was able to then get onto the day so my suggestion would be is like we're now several months down the track you're back to doing all your normal training or you're able to run again you wake up in the morning and how do you set your body up really well for the afternoon session you put the cuffs on the morning and literally while you're walking around getting your breakfast so you're not stopping your life for 10-15 minutes you basically you get up go to the toilet wash your face get changed you put the cuffs on while you're having breakfast or getting your coffee or your cereal cooking your missus some eggs you you just do your, your calf raises isometric holds walk around serve her eggs and bacon and then while you make a cup of tea and you're waiting for the jug to boil is you do another calf raise so you, you understand then all of a sudden like 10 minutes you're done you deflate it you, you just put them to the side and you get on with the day yeah. and, and then you go oh, actually it feels good I'm, I'm i'm ready to get into the day and then you have your day of your normal activity before you go and train again I would do that same routine. And because it's really low load, you haven't done a huge session. You're not going to be fatiguing, but rather you're setting your body up really nicely. So when you actually do your running set or, or your training or whatever, everything feels good. Yeah, just priming it up. 100%. Priming is probably a great word. Uh, nice. Yeah, I can't believe how, um, how simple it all is just to sort of, I guess, activate it all. Yeah, that's all we're doing. We're priming, as, as the word you said, priming and making everything feel good, ready to go for the day and setting each session up. And the more, more times we do this in a row, more times you have a really positive, it's like all training, more times we have some really good training sessions strung together, that's when we start to see the real benefits. Oh, perfect. I'm excited to get started. <laughs> yeah. So so good connection. I enjoy my rugby. I worked a bit overseas with Bath. So Oh, yeah. So keep in touch with all your work. And if you do have any questions of what you're doing, um, happy to collaborate or you know obviously i'm assuming you'd have a good team of physios and strength coaches there with you and you just use this to to complement you're currently doing it with yeah yeah definitely i've spoken with my snc coaches and they know of you and they've been following your stuff so um, they're actually pretty keen to check out how i go with this as well so i'll definitely keep in touch and i'm sure there'll be more questions along the way thanks for being open to uh helping out and everything good luck with it keep in touch yeah thank you thanks very much i know so we'll stop it there. We'll talk for a bit. So anything else that you want to go through or? I think you've just covered everything. My big concern was like, like you touched on was just how long after the surgery people was going to be dangerous to sort of like cut off blood supply. But if it's just a matter of getting the swelling down, 
when the blood thinners are no worries. Because yeah, from the sounds of it, you chuck them on and then basically any movement, obviously not any movement, but like movement specific to the rehab process, it's going to sort of just enhance the effect of it. Yeah, and typically the physios will give you or the sheet that you would get will be relevant to that injury, but start to think about, yeah. right, I'm not doing anything for my quad. I'm not doing anything for my glutes. Mm. And just as suggested, yeah. you're just sitting at home doing some seated leg extension, some donkey kicks, some V-sits, crunches, and all of a sudden you're busy. You're busy every day. Yeah, because that, that was my big concern really just because um, I've never trained legs so much in my life because I can't really do anything upper body. So my legs are like the strongest I've ever been. I was spewing when I found out I needed surgery on my ankles. I was like, oh, I'm going to kiss that goodbye. But then Nick, Nikki Morris first put me on to you. Um, Nikolai Morris is over in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah, so she first put me on to you and then um, Glenn GC at Bond and Rick Martin at Bond. Uh, I was chatting to two of them as well. I play at Bond and they're the S&C coaches and they all sort of said, I think that's the best way to go to try and um, maintain the best mobility what I've sort of gained in this period, last two and a half months of, uh, of training legs just about every day. <laughs> so now you can add your aerobic stuff, your bike stuff. You know, you could, oh, mate, dare I say, grinder. That would be intense upper body grind with the cuffs on i've never used that when you when you said about keeping up the cardio work i didn't say anything but i haven't done any cardio since i had my surgery <laughs> so it took the time to relax yeah but i'll, I'll have to get i'll get back into it to, to, to be honest i don't enjoy cardio <laughs> um oh who does yeah you should be a maniac if you yeah <laughs> But like, like honestly, stick it on 15 minutes. You could actually knock out a, a yeah. nice session in 15 minutes just before you do your legs, actually. So you could trial it out. Stick it on 100 mils of mercury. It might be an upper body day and you, you might finish your upper body day, hop on the bike and then smash out a high-intensity bike session and just trial that out and just go, oh, there's something there. It's frigging tough. Like, mate, it's yeah, okay. next-level stuff. So with the if I'm doing low-intensity bike, have I got it from what what you've been saying? Have I got it right? If you're doing low intensity, you can leave them on at a sort of low pressure for the duration, like say the full 15 minutes, or are you still doing the 30 on, 30 off? Or no, it's it, look, it's a pain to deflate it, inflate it all the time. Try 120, I think initially 120 to 140, and just cycle, but keep a constant like around 90 RPM. I reckon 90, yeah, 90, yeah, yeah, 90 to 100, and just yeah. Not too much pressure because you got too much pressure, mate. Your quads will blow up within ninety seconds, and you're like, okay. can't oh. can't get on this. But it's actually a nice, it's a nice burn, you know, for 10, 10, 15 minutes, but it's manageable. All right, cool, mm. perfect. Good good luck. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm going to chuck them on tomorrow. Head in the gym. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Do my first cardio session. <laughs> You see, you could start start with five minutes. I think five minutes is is nice, you know. Okay. Just just do some yeah. just do something before you lift. The other thing which I didn't touch on is if you have complex. So let's just say you're out of the boot and you want to regain some calves or your haglins really flare up. You could actually try complexes on the calf with the BFR cuffs on. So that that's another really good option. So you reckon? You reckon after out of the moon boot and yet still really restricted in what I can do, that's probably a good idea. I think it's something to, to worthwhile, or, or let's just say things are moving a little bit slow that you can't really load. How can you do work without having to stress the ankle joint? That's another really, really good option. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, I'll speak to um, Rick and GC about that. Beautiful. Awesome. 
thanks heaps for that. And I'll be in touch, let you know how it all goes and if there's any further questions or anything like that. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. Awesome. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Hope you enjoyed that one. Thanks, Declan, for your time. And I really look forward to seeing Declan's journey as he rehabs his shoulder really well and also as he recovers from his Haglund's deformity surgery as well. Once again, if you do have any questions, contact me through my socials, which is at Chris Cavillio, or alternatively through my website at sportsrehab.com.au and we'll line up a question and we'll talk about all things BFR specifically for you and hopefully this helps someone out there as well who may be going through something similar or potentially even exactly the same. See you next time for another episode of BFR Radio. Thanks for listening and remember to keep the pump.